the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, October the 24th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On October 24th, 1945, the United Nations officially came into existence. Its charter took effect. Today in 1861, the first transcontinental telegraph message was sent from Chief Justice Stephen Field of California from San Francisco to President Abraham Lincoln in Washington, D.C. It was sent over a line built by Western Union Telegraph Company. Today in 1940, the 40-hour work week went into effect under the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. I want to tell you with certainty that Those of us who grew up in the Yakima Valley, working in farms and orchards, um, we did not hear, some years later, we did not hear about this Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. Somehow that was kept from us because the standard work week was in the spring, summer, and fall was about 60 hours a week, unless we were really busy, and then it was a little more. So the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938 did not reach everyone with equity. Uh, Today in 1962, a naval quarantine of Cuba, ordered by President John F. Kennedy, went into effect during the missile crisis. Today in 1972, Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson, he broke the Major League Baseball's modern-era color barrier, 1947. He died in Stamford, Connecticut. He was 53 years old. And today in 1991, the Star Trek creator, that Gene Roddenberry, he died in Santa Monica. He was 70. Today in 1992, the Toronto Blue Jays became the first non-U.S. team to win the World Series as they defeated the Atlanta Braves in Game 6. And Rosa Parks, today in 2005, Rosa Parks, she died in Detroit. She was 92. And speaking of dying, let's move on, shall we? But today in 2017, Fats Domino, he was a rock and roll pioneer. He had hits like Blueberry Hill and Ain't That a Shame and so on. He died in Louisiana. He was 89 years old. And finally, today in 2021, heavily protected crews in Washington State. They they went after the bees. Remember the murder hornets? discovered first in the United States, in Washington State? Well, they went after them today. They found the first nest of the so-called murder hornets today in 2021. The IDF chief of staff, this Lieutenant Hersey Halevi, I think is the way he pronounced his name. I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways in the in the press, but we'll call him Halevi. And... Uh, He'll probably call if he doesn't like the way we're pronouncing his name. Anyway, this morning, he said that Hamas regrets provoking a war with Israel and that a ground invasion of the Gaza Strip has been delayed 
by strategic considerations. A lot of people have been asking about that. They've been asking, why why isn't Israel going ahead and, and, and taking out Hamas? Because they are torturous barbarians, for sure. And everybody knows it. And so he's explaining why they haven't gone ahead, as they had apparently planned to do. He said it's being delayed by strategic considerations. Of course, you ask yourself, what are the strategic considerations? Politics comes to mind, uh, among other uh, reasons. But anyway, Israel is in the midst of a war that was launched by the Hamas terror group. It already regrets it, he says, at a press conference uh, near the Gaza border. border. The Times of Israel are running this story this morning. I, I saw it there. We've prepared for this. The IDF and the Southern Command have prepared quality offensive plans to achieve the goals of the war, he said. The IDF is ready for the ground maneuver, and we will make a decision with the political echelon regarding the shape and timing of the next stage. He said the IDF commander-in-chief admitted that there are tactical and even strategic considerations that have delayed the ground offensive, but added that the Israeli army is now better prepared for what would be a costly operation. He said we're making use of every minute to even be more prepared. He said every minute that passes on the other side, we strike the enemy even more. Well, that is true. In fact, as we speak this morning, uh, Israel is bombing Hamas um, areas and places where they're kind of based in, um, so in Gaza. And, and so he, what he's saying is absolutely true. He said killing terrorists, destroying infrastructure, collecting more intelligence for the next stage. So he's kind of speaking to that. I think a lot of people have been asking why Israel hasn't gone ahead and taken out this terrorist group. And, of course, he's answering that, interestingly enough. And in relationship to that, and this war is, is, is shocking the world in respect in many ways. There are, there's a growing number, and, there, and the crowds are getting bigger, of anti-Israel rallies, so-called rallies, demonstrations taking place, not only across America, and they are here, but in other countries around the world. And it is not diminishing with the days as the days pass. It's getting worse, and it's getting bigger. So the United Nations Security Council is meeting today to vote on a U.S.-drafted resolution that backs Israel in its war against Hamas, a the U.S. is obviously trying to get it on the record. And I would say that, yes, even our president and his administration have been saying the right things about Israel. I don't know what's in their heart. God knows. But I do know that they've been saying the right words. My sense is that they probably are doing so out of political expediency more than commitment to Israel because their history not only the Biden, Joe Biden history, but the Barack Obama history as well, does not reflect any necessarily any love for Israel. But nonetheless, they're doing the right thing. This Israeli foreign minister, this Eli Cohen, he's going to speak uh, today at this meeting uh, to the, uh, to the uh, United Nations Security Council. The resolution condemns the terrorist attacks on Hamas on October 7th, and they name it, and they call it what it is. Part of the resolution says the taking and killing of hostages, murder, torture, rape, sexual violence, and and the continuation of indiscriminate firing of rockets. 
United Nations Secretary, this Antonio Guterres, he said civilians on both sides of the conflict must be protected. Now, that was, uh, I mean, he was speaking to a broader issue there. And the the rallies that are taking place in our country and elsewhere around the world are pretty much all, I mean, the large ones at least, are all anti-Israel. They are highly mobilized, and they're pro-Palestinian. And it's happening here in the Northwest. It's happening across the country, happening in places where they normally don't have those kinds of demonstrations. So... Guterres says, I have condemned unequivocally the horrifying and unprecedented October 7 acts of terror by Hamas in Israel. Nothing could justify the deliberate killing, injuring, and kidnapping of civilians or the launching of rockets against civilian targets. He calls for an immediate and unconditional release of all hostages. Then he says this, He said, but the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas. And those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. He said, we must demand that all parties uphold and respect their obligation under international humanitarian law. The constant care in the conduct of military operations to spare civilians and respect and protect hospitals and respect the uh, involatility of UN facilities which today are sheltering more than 600,000 Palestinians, he says. So that's a little bit of what's happening in this war today that is on a very small piece of land in the Middle East, as we all know, and yet it's dominating the attention of the world because it is Israel, and it has to do with Israel. Psalm 122.6 says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. That's pretty direct and pretty plain. If you discard the Bible as some ancient writing, then perhaps this is meaningless to you. But if you believe that the Bible is the word of God, the inspired, infallible word of God, the authority of all things, this is a very serious verse in the Bible. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem that they shall prosper, that love thee. Yet we know from biblical prophecy, we know what's going to happen in the future, generally. We don't know all the details, but we certainly know what's going to happen. Jesus himself gave us a rundown on what we could expect in the as the end times approach. And the Bible is full of references, Old and New Testament, talking about the times in which the end of time And the coming of the Lord would happen. And yet we're told in the midst of all of this, even knowing what is going to happen, we know that God is in control because he has foretold through his prophets of the Old Testament and through the word of the Lord in the New what's going to happen. But we also are told in the midst of great distress, great turmoil, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. That is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you a little bit about President Biden today. (laughs) He is, um, I think, I I don't know, of course, but 
I think he might be feeling the walls closing in just a bit on him. Certainly some of his family members are, because the walls are closing in, as they say. The room is getting smaller. And all of his pomp and circumstance is being challenged in real and tangible ways. I want to talk to you a little bit about the most recent report that has come from the House Oversight Committee. The New York Times best-selling book is titled Breaking Biden. It just came out. Andy Marlowe wrote the book. He's kind of the head guy at, um, at Breitbart News now, and he drew from a, a wealth of information on this. He is a conservative, obviously. But here's what the introduction to his new book says. Seemingly his entire life, Joe Biden's brother James, Jim Biden, has benefited from his brother's political status. At various moments, he has been a campaign finance maven, a a nightclub owner, a hedge fund mastermind. Jim appears to be a man who wears many hats. But in actuality, he only wears one, Joe Biden's brother. We've seen so many pictures of Joe Biden eating an ice cream cone. That was end of quote. We've seen so many pictures of Joe Biden eating an ice cream cone. He likes ice cream. So do I. Unfortunately, I like it too much sometimes. But it occurred to me, as I saw what's happening and what I want to share with you in the next few minutes, that ice cream, I think, is melting. Like on a hot day. The heat's being turned up. Last week, the House Oversight Committee, this, the chair, Representative James Comer, he's a Republican from Kentucky and a good guy, he's a smart guy. He revealed that in 2018, James Biden sent the now President Joe Biden a $200,000 payment from his checkbook. The big deal on Biden now has been that, well, you know, there's no track. I mean, show me the money, he says. Where's the money? Where's the money? Well, there are people working behind the scenes with honest intent. Yes, they're politically motivated, I'm sure, but they have honest intent. They want to get to the truth, and they're willing to sacrifice, and they're willing to put themselves out there. Comer is one of them. So last week, last week, he came up with this picture of this check. He said, Mr. President, we'll show you where the money is. They say there's millions of dollars that have been transferred this way, but he has one check and he said there's much more to come James Biden sent now President Joe Biden a $200,000 payment on a personal checking account that same day in 2018 James received a $200,000 wire transfer from a company called AmeriCorps Brother Joe has repeatedly said at least nine times he's not involved in any of the family's business. He doesn't know really what they're doing. The list of business ventures by the Biden family is long and it's conflicted. Hunter, James, Hazel, a sister, all experts in most fields. (laughs) They've been making deals and lots of money for a long time. They just become an expert, whatever the opportunity is. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know the building. I know the healthcare business. I know this. I know that. Oh, and my brother is Joe Biden. 
It's kind of a sad tale. It's, it's, it's such a lust for money. The Bible says money is, the love of money is the root of all evil. This is what it looks like. Being rich is not evil. Having money is not evil. It's the lust of the money that is the evil. I think that's what we're looking at in this family. Brother Joe says he's never been involved in the family businesses, nor does he know much about what they're doing. In the book Breaking Biden, it says, quote, over his 50-year career in Washington, Joe Biden has become known for his wild dishonesty, embarrassing policy failings, and an absolute lack of accountability, culminating in his predictably unpopular presidency. But what has not yet been revealed is the vast web of consultants, bureaucrats, corporate corporate titans, foreign interests, various extended family members. It's not just Hunter who have achieved unfathomably wealth and power while keeping Biden in charge. End of quote. One place where James clearly leveraged his proximity to power for money has been with this AmeriCorps Health. It's a group, it was a group of of hospitals, and um, he came in as the consultant and the savior. They got into financial difficulties. So near the end of the Obama administration, James Biden, he joined AmeriCorps. He became a health care expert. And uh, they were, as I said, they were operating some hospitals in several states. Well, James Biden's experience in health care seems to be non-existent. I mean, are, are you surprised? But his value was clear. He promoted himself as his brother Joe's chief fundraiser. James Biden promised this hospital chain that he could open doors and raise money from companies across the world. How do we know that? They have his email. And they have now a check for two hundred grand that came to him that went straight to Joe Biden. Anyway, he promised that because his brother was Joe Biden, that he could raise money from companies across the world, including a major Turkish conglomerate. This is what he told them. They have proof of this. But the promised investments <clears throat> never materialized. In December of 2019, AmeriCorps declared bankruptcy. Weeks later, the FBI raided an AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps office in Pennsylvania as part of their investigation into white-collar crimes. Politico, which is not conservative, if anything, they're a little left-leaning. They try to stay in the middle of the road, and sometimes they do. But if they lean at all, they lean left, not right. They're not conservative. But Politico reported in 2020 that AmeriCorps has been plagued with legal troubles and legal problems uh, due to mismanagement. Investors and partners in the company have sued over management issues, alleging false promises and the misappropriation of money. Interesting. Most notably, James Biden is accused of fraudulently transferring funds from AmeriCorps outside of the ordinary course of business. That's a quote. In 2018, James took over a half million dollar, uh, uh, over a, it was over a half million dollar, I think it was 600000 uh, dollars in personal loans from the company, according to a, a, this former executive, and it may or may not have been repaid, and the, the suggestion is it was not repaid. Last Friday, last Friday, we got this from Washington, D.C., 
House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer today, that was last this past Friday, today announced the committee obtained bank records revealing a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden, his wife, that's James' wife, to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. In September, Chairman Comer issued three subpoenas for Hunter and James Biden's personal and business bank records. They have now been going through those bank records, and they're now beginning to start to report on the activity there. It is beyond interesting. It's sad. In 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operation. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received those loans based on representations that his name, his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. On the same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from his personal account to his brother, Joe Biden. Now, Chairman Comer uh, submitted all of this information uh, upward to the press and to authorities in Congress. And here's what he said. What, here's what he added to the report, the actual numbers, the dates, copies of the check. In fact, I wrote an article on this today on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and we included a picture of the check. It was written on March 1st, 2018, check number 8171, 200 grand to Joe Biden from his brother. Comer said this in his report. This is quoting Comer now personally, based on the ongoing investigation that they're doing into the very deep and very wide corruption scheme of the Biden family. Comer said, quote, This summer, Joe Biden said, where's the money? Well, we found some. We're still digging into evidence subpoenaed from bank accounts belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, and James and Sarah Biden, the brother and sister-in-law of the president. A document that we're releasing today raises new questions about how President Biden personally benefited from his family's shady influence, their peddling of his name, and their access to him. Then he repeats what we've just said. He said, bank records obtained by the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability have revealed a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. He said, here is some important context about this check we've obtained in our investigation. He said, in 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed and failing rural hospital operator. According to bankruptcy court documents, James Biden received these loans based upon representation that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could um, obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. This is from the Middle East based on his political connections. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired $200,000 loan to James and Sarah Biden's bank account 
not their business bank account. Then on the same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. James Biden wrote this check to Joe as a loan repayment. You can see it on the check. Over in the little memo part of the lower left-hand side of the check, it says loan repayment. AmeriCorps, Mr. Comer says, Representative Comer, he says, James Biden wrote the check to Joe as a loan repayment. He said, even, this is a very distressed company. He said, even if it was a personal loan repayment, it's still troubling that Joe Biden's ability to be paid back by his brother depended on the success of his family's shady financial dealings. Some immediate questions President Biden must answer for the American people. He said, does he have does he have documents proving he lent such a large sum of money to his brother? And what were the terms of that financial arrangement? Did he have similar financial arrangements with other family members that led them to make similar large payments to him? Uh, and I, I will add to that, yes, he does. And that's why he's saying this, because uh, I've read other accounts where he, they do have. They haven't revealed it publicly yet, but they do have. Back to Mr. Comer, he says, did he know that the same day James Biden wrote a check for $200,000, James Biden had just received a loan for the exact same amount from business dealings with a company that was in financial distress and failing and ultimately went bankrupt? The House Oversight Committee will soon announce our, our next investigative actions and continue to follow the money. He said the bank records don't end here. There's much more to come. Well, when he released this report, Representative Marjor- uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, we, we, we know her, she's, it's not, she's not silent, and she speaks loudly and plainly, and, and uh, she's very conservative. She's a member of the Oversight Committee, the same committee. And she told Breitbart News the $200,000 proved, proved that Joe Biden is a proven liar. She said the check was part of an elaborate Biden family business scheme. And she saw all this. She's on this committee. She said a business scheme to launder money. She said that's an allegation Comer asserted multiple times in the past. This means Joe Biden is a proven liar. She said that this also means Joe Biden is a criminal and should face criminal charges and should go to jail. The money laundering scheme is the same type of money laundering scheme, she says, that many people have been put in jail for. What you do is you basically buy a company, that's, and she's a pretty wealthy business person herself. She said you buy a company that's going bankrupt or invest in a company that's going bankrupt to save the company, and then you run money through it through criminal enterprises. She's, she said in this case that was selling out Joe Biden's power and influence, and they received it's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. It's going to be a lot of money in the future. She's talking about more revelations that are soon to come from their investigation. Representative Mike Johnson, he, uh, he's a Republican, um, he echoed Green's statement and demanded Joe Biden be held accountable. He said no one should get away with this, especially a president. Joe Biden's brother paid back a loan Joe had made him in a lump sum of 200000 This Mike uh, Cernovich says, he said easy for Biden to explain this away, post the records of when the loan originated, then he said there would be a check or a wire when the loan was originated. Well, this is an ongoing story, and we'll see where it leads. 
I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. It allows us to be on each day, turn on the light, and speak the truth to the best of our ability. We'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.